Amen, amen. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Uh, I just want to just pause just a moment and I want to introduce uh, this next song as Miriam and the girls uh, go to the piano. And uh, today being Mother's Day, um, God made my sweet wife a mother uh, back in 1998 on August the 30th with our very first born child, Alyssa. And God has been so good to us. Uh, we've got a total of five children. Um, we, uh, we have one baby in heaven as a miscarriage uh, uh, many, many years ago. And uh, we're delighted to be able to uh, think about that and have some treasure in heaven that we can't wait to see one day. But we are blessed with the five children that we have, and we're so grateful for each one of them. And uh, uh, Miriam, is your, is your mic hot right there right now? Yes. This song you're going to sing, you wrote this song, and what was kind of the inspiration behind this, this song? Well, when Alyssa was very small, she um, one day came up and said, Mama, do you love me? And it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, why did she need to ask me if I loved her? Of course I love her. I'm her mama. But at the same time, as believers, sometimes we question if the Lord loves us. And when we come to those moments in our life that are, um, that cause us to look to the Lord and say, do you really love me? I, if I was, it, it's a human thing to say that. But if we go to the word and we see the truth of the word that nothing can separate us from the love of God, then he demonstrates that love for us. And he said that he demonstrated that love for us on the cross and through his blood and that never changes. So there's nothing we can do or say or anything that would change that and so as a mom I would I want my life to show that to my kids that that unconditional unearned un, unchanging love is there for them all the time and you as a mom you may need that word today if you're questioning whether the Lord loves you and I just want you to know he does and um, just look at him let's look to him for that love that's unending well, I hope you're going to be blessed. I know you're going to be blessed by this song. The title of the song is Mom, Mama, Do You Love Me? Uh, Miriam wrote this many years ago, and uh, I hope that you get a blessing by it. God bless you. Thank you. 
Look, there's nothing you can say or do to change God's love for you. He loves you, and that is a wonderful song. It's one of my favorite, one of my favorite songs uh, that Miriam has written through the years, and what a blessing that is. I hope you have your Bibles today. I'd love for you to join me in Psalms chapter 121. Psalms chapter 121. And while you're finding your place in Psalms 121, uh, being Mother's Day, did you hear about the gentleman uh, who never bought his wife, the mother of his children, a Mother's Day gift? He, he just wouldn't do it. His, his rationale was, she's not my mom. She's my wife, so I'm not going to buy her a gift. And, that, and so he never did. Well, one Mother's Day, he had a change of heart. And he went and he bought her some flowers. And he stood on the front porch and he knocked on the door. And as she came to the door, she opened up the door and he had flowers. He said, honey, I love you. Happy Mother's Day. And she immediately busted out and began to cry. And they were not tears of joy. I mean, they were tears of absolute anguish. And he said, uh, are you okay? She said, no, I'm not okay. This is the worst day of my life. She said, the toilet's clogged. The children have been fighting all day. The dishwasher's broke. The washing machine's decided to go on the fritz. And now you've come to the house drunk. Well, I hope you have a happy Mother's Day. I heard a story many, many, many years ago about several missionaries that were working in Africa. And as they were working in Africa, they, it was time for them to bed down one night. And as they were traveling, they were traveling and they were in an area that was known to have a lot of bandits, a lot of robbers, a lot of bad people. And so they were concerned to stay the night. But they committed themselves to the Lord and didn't have anywhere else to go. And so they said, this is where the Lord wants us. And so they prayed for God's protection. They laid their heads down at night. And woke up the next morning and continued their journey to the medical hospital. Several days passed while they were at that medical hospital. And one of the bandits, one of the robbers, showed up at the hospital. Recognizing one of the missionaries, the bandit said, We saw you the other night. And we intended to rob you of everything that you had. But we were terrified and scared to death of the 27 army personnel that you had surrounding you. The missionary wrote in the newsletter back to the home church and, and said, This is completely unexplainable. There was no military guard that were protecting us. We were all alone. Several days later, the missionary received a letter from one of the church members that just simply said this. You're not going to believe this. But on that very night when y'all were camping... 27 of us assembled at the church praying for God's protection over each one of your lives. Brothers and sisters, God is a very present help in the day of trouble. And there is awesome power in prayer. And this morning, I want us to look at Psalms chapter 121 and see how the psalmist, as he wrote this psalm, communicates how that our help, which is the Lord, is here today. There's nothing for us to be anxious about. There's nothing for us to be fearful about. There's nothing for us to be all worked up over and mad and angry. We have a help today. And that help is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Notice what the psalmist says in Psalm chapter 121. There's only eight verses here, but notice what this psalm communicates. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hill from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Boy, it seems like the psalmist in this psalm, uh, no doubt, and this writer of Psalm 121 has something in common with those missionaries. And that thing that they have in common is that this writer of the Psalms is concerned about the hills. He's concerned about the weather. He's concerned about some things that make him anxious as he's making his way towards Jerusalem. He's going in that direction. And when he looks from afar, he says, man, it does not seem possible. There are mountains in front of me, and there's heat in front of me. There's sickness in front of me. There's concern in front of me. There's all these obstacles in front of me. He says, oh, my stars. He says, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills. And when he sees the hills, he sees great concern. He sees great anguish. This journey to Jerusalem, which is in the hill country of Judea, most certainly is a dangerous journey. There are bandits going on that journey. There's heat going on that journey. There's uh, coldness going on in that journey. There's the possibility of sickness going on in that journey. There's the possibility of exhaustion and heat stroke and all of these things that concern him when he looks at those hills and the journey that he's about to embark upon. But I want you to notice, as he asks the question, where does my help come from? He wastes no time by saying, my help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the one. And it's no, it, listen, what he's saying, this, it is not empty platitude. It's not just a, a wishful cliche. The psalmist is determined and confident that his help is in the Lord. I want to ask you a question this morning. Where's your help? Is your help in the Lord? The question is, what are we bringing in today as we come to the Lord in worship? As we get up another Sunday, another first day of the week, uh, another difficult day where we're not together again. What difficulties are you bringing to the table? What are you bringing into worship? Now, that's a dangerous question for a preacher to ask. Because your mind automatically goes to the worry. And there is nothing that will distract you and keep you longer from the Word of God than what you're worried about. Some of us are worried about our jobs. Some of us are worried about the economy. Some of us are worried about our, our, our 401Ks. Some of us are worried about our relationship with our spouse. Some of us are worried about our kids. I mean, you just go on and on. You, you fill in the blank. What are you worried about? And you fill in the blank. Man, your mind can go into a hundred different directions. But I don't want you to take that journey. I want you to see where your help comes from. You've got help in the day of anxiety. You've got help in the day of worry. 
And it's the same help that the psalmist wrote about this morning. And so this morning as we think about these worries that we have brought into worship today, I want you to see the overarching theme of this text. The overarching theme that we have here in this particular passage of Scripture is twofold. Here it is, number one, the overarching theme is God is bigger than our troubles. God is bigger than our troubles. Did you notice what he says there? The psalmist is convinced that God can help because he is the maker of heaven and earth. Do you see it there in the text? Look at what the Bible says. He says, I'll lift up mine eyes unto the hills. From where does my help come from? And then in verse 2 he says, my help comes from the Lord which made the heaven and the earth. He looks up on those mountains, and then he just keeps on looking. He said, that might might be making me anxious. So I'm just going to keep on looking, and I'm going to look to the Lord. This pilgrim lifted his eyes to the hills, and what he saw made him anxious. But he lifts his eyes higher and higher, and he looks beyond those very things that makes him anxious and looks to Jesus, the one who made heaven and earth. Nothing is beyond our Lord and Savior's control. Uh, Today being Mother's Day, you think about uh, a toddler. When a toddler gets hurt and scrapes their little knee, where do they run to? Mama. Mama can make all things better. I can remember being a child, and and, uh, when I was growing up, I was born in 1974, so I I came in on the uh, back end of eight-track cassette tapes. Uh, These eight-track tapes. Uh, How many remember eight-track tapes? Just raise your hand. All the old people, I understand, that's okay. But I remember, I remember them. In fact, my mom and dad, we we had this yellow, I don't even know what kind of vehicle it was, mom. I mean, it was a boat, it was huge. And it had one of those uh, eight-track cassette tapes in it. And and mom had Kenny Rogers and Alabama. Those were the two ones I remember most of all. And man, wear those things out. Wore those eight-track tapes out listening to Kenny Rogers in Alabama. And and, and I can remember at home we had an eight-track cassette uh, player as well. And and I got to looking at that thing, and I was just a little bitty fella in there. And and they got a little little flap on there, you know, that it closes, and you can just put the the eight-track tape in there. Well, being just a little fella, that, that intrigued me, that little door. And I stuck my finger, David, in that little trap, in that little door. And it's a lot like Chinese handcuffs. You ever had them Chinese handcuffs you put your fingers in, you can't get them out? It's a lot like that. I put my finger in that 8-track cassette tape. Keith, no joke, I got it stuck. And I started getting worried and concerned. I kept trying to pull my little finger out. I couldn't. And I just started wailing and crying, Mama, 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 help, help, Mama, help, help, help. And she come in there and she looked at me and there. I've got my finger stuck in the eight-track cassette tape. And what does she do? She just reaches down and she pushes the door and my finger comes right out. Mama ran to my rescue. Can I just say this, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ? When we find ourselves stuck in a particular situation, we can always run to Jesus. We can always call upon Jesus. He is a present help in the day of trouble. And this is what the psalmist did. He had his mind stuck, in the, hit the finger of his mind stuck in an eight-track tape, and the only way to get rid of it, he had to call upon God. 
And God came to his rescue and let him loose. Remember, never forget this child of God. God is bigger than your troubles. Number two, there's a second theme here. The second theme is this. God cares about your troubles. God cares about your troubles. We see that in verses 3 through 8. We find that this pilgrim's confidence is built not only on the fact that God is bigger than his troubles, but the fact that God cares about his troubles. God cares about the troubles that you're going through. You don't believe me when you look at this phrase. Notice how many times it's repeated, keeper, the word keeper. Notice how many times the word persevere is, is communicated there. These words mean that the Lord watches over you. It's a Hebrew word that means to guard. It means to hedge about. It means to protect. God is guarding you. He's protecting you. He's hedging you about to say, look, I got you. I just need you to trust me. I need for you to depend upon me, and I need for you to depend upon the individuals that I've placed in your life to help get you to where I want you to be. So the psalmist is really keen to get over the idea, if you would. He's trying to help us communicate that God watches over his people. Another feature to notice here in this psalm is the repeated word, the. He says, the, 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 the. So many times. And it's not the plural the that we, the, that we may think. He's not, plur, plurality is not the case here. This is a singularity the, talking specifically about you. He's saying, God is watching over you. And so we see that, and we say, well, what about this uh, instance where he talks about their Israel, where he, where he, he refers to, to Israel uh, in, in, in particular? Don't forget, dear child of God, if you are a born-again child of God, you've been engrafted into the children of Israel. We're engrafted in him. He's, he's talking about us personally being a vital part. Of what he, uh, his care that he's referring to. I love that he says there, he says, the Lord watches over you. And he addresses each of us to say, the Lord is watching over you and he will not let your foot slip. He loves you. And he's trying to give us some wonderful reassurance that God is a help for today. When we look at verses 3 through 8, there are, there are three things in particular that I want you to notice. I hope you'll take these away today. And I hope that it will strengthen your faith. And I hope that you will be able to live this out throughout the course of this next week. So in focusing in verses 3 through 8, just a little bit more, to help understand the depth of God's help for us, I'm going to go into a little bit uh, more detail, if I could, about this issue and draw out some main points in regard to the Lord being our help and help for today. Number one, the first thing I want you to see is this. The Lord's help is constant. The Lord's help is constant. Look at what the Bible says in verse 3 and 4. You've got your Bibles, you have your pens, pencil, lipstick, mascara, whatever you're writing with today. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 3 and 4. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall never slumber nor sleep. Uh, many years ago, Miriam and I, uh, were, we took our family on vacation. And uh, as we were on vacation, Alyssa got a wild hair. She was ready to go back to the swimming pool, and we were still enjoying the beach. And I'm telling you, them little boogers will get away from you quick. 
I mean, she may have had little legs, but man, she was gone. She took off. And we looked around. I mean, she's there one minute. You turn your head, you turn, and and boom, she's out of, gone. And uh, where's Alyssa? And Miriam and I started getting worried. I mean, we're looking up and down the beach. We, We can't find her. And I don't know if you've ever lost a child before. Uh, I'm telling you, that's a scary thing. I mean, you just feel so helpless. And here we are at the beach. What if she ran out there in the water and it took her out in a rip current? I mean, uh, we just was so concerned. And we're looking and calling and she's not coming. Little did we know that in the condo we were staying with, we had several church members that we all went together and had to worship on the beach. And it was just a great, great time. But we did not know, but one of our church members was sitting up on the balcony, very, very high, 13th, 14th floor, and was watching everything that was happening on the beach. And she saw Alyssa when Miriam and I turned our head to to deal with Holly or whatever the case may be. She watched her run away. And she had her eye on Alyssa the entire time. And she yelled from the balcony, Miriam, Shay! Over there. And sure enough, there was Alyssa. Of course, Alyssa didn't think there was anything wrong in the world. All she thought was, hey, I was ready to go swimming. Going to the swimming pool. But the point of that story is simply this. The entire time, we didn't know where she was at. That person on the balcony saw every move. Dear brothers and sisters, the same it is with God. He sees your every move. He knows right where you're at. Mom, he knows right where your children are at. Many moms are broken hearted today and they long to see their children come back to the Lord. And they cry and they weep and they pray. You keep crying, weeping and praying over those children. God sees them. And he's calling those prodigals back. The Bible tells us here in verse number 3, He will not let your foot slip. He watches over you and he never sleeps. God's watch is constant. His help is constant. He never sleep, he's never asleep. He never is daydreaming. He's never distracted. He's never inactive. We can sleep safely knowing that God is a help for today and his help is constant. In verse number 4 we see the reason that he's constant and he's constantly concerned for us. It is because he's constantly concerned for his people Israel. And his born-again children of God, being the engrafted ones, he is concerned for you. He loves you. And he's concerned for you. And his help for you is constant. Number two, let me give you a second. Not only is the Lord's help constant, but also the Lord's help, if you would, is close. It's close. Look at verse 5 and 6. Notice what the text says. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade. Upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. Not only is the Lord's help constant, but the Lord's help is close. Back in the 1990s, I can remember Bette Midler singing uh, that song, uh, uh, From a Distance. Y'all remember that? You remember that, From a Distance, David? Keith, you remember that song Bette Midler used to sing, From a Distance? From a Distance, the world is blue and green. And there's a little lyric in that chorus that says, From a distance, God is watching us. God is watching us. God is watching us from a distance. Uh, That song was written by uh, a lady. Her name was Julie Gold. And she was going through a very difficult time in New York. And 
And uh, she just knew God was watching over her and wanted to feel the desires of her heart to be a, a writer. She wanted to be a, uh, she wanted to write songs for a living. And she penned that song. But here's what I want you to do. Think, you think about that song. And think about that lyric. From a distance, God is watching us. God is watching us. God is watching us from a distance. I want you to compare that lyric to what the Bible says in verse number 5. He says, the Lord is thy keeper, the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. I'm sorry to tell Julie and Bette Midler this, but God is closer than they think. He's not watching you from a distance. The Bible says he's a shade over you. The Bible says that he's at your right hand. He's your closest ally. He's the one that gives us the greatness to be able to make the journey that we're on. Why? Because that's who our strength that we're drawing from. We're drawing our strength from him. This individual, if you would, is saying, I know God is right here with me. He has never left me. He has never forsaken me. He is going with me on this journey. I'm here to tell you God's going with us on this journey, brothers and sisters. We have not taken one step that he hadn't taken with us. And not just that, but I want you to notice here, uh, one of the greatest perils of a traveler in that day was the fierce heat that, that, that was there in the Middle Eastern sun. But the promise that we see here is just simply this, that God is going to be the shade when it gets hot. When things get extremely hot, God's going to be the shade. Oh, dear brothers and sisters, is your God close enough? Are you close enough to God? Because your God's close enough to you, but are you close enough to God? When things get heated up, he's your shade. He's the one that's casting the shadow over you. The Bible says the Lord watches over us. The Lord is your shade in thy right hand. Dear brothers and sisters, whatever you're worried about today, there's no sense in being worried about it. The Lord's help is constant. The Lord's help is close. He is your shade. And then let me give you a third one. Let me just give you this third one by way of encouragement. Here's a third one. The Lord's help is continuing. It's continuing. Notice, it's in the Bible. Look at what the scripture says. Cast your eye to verse 7 and 8. He says, the Lord shall preserve thee. From all evil, he shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth. And even forevermore. Brothers and sisters, God is concerned for the pilgrim that, listen, that wants to complete his journey. And God's going to be with that pilgrim till the very end. God's commitment to his people is forever. The greatest journey that each one of us undertake is the journey of life itself. And through the course of this journey as we're traveling it, God is most concerned. He's most concerned about the place of eternity for your life. He wants us to get to the end of our life that when we draw our last breath, we know that evil will not invade or overtake us. We are the Lord's children. We're in the Lord's care. He is the one that is giving us help. 
When you read news articles about persecution all over the face of this world where Indonesian uh, children are, are being uh, uh, tortured and persecuted because they sing Christian songs. When you read articles like Christians that are seriously injured in attacks in India. When you read about 129 uh, Protestant Christians being thrown in jail just because they're Christians. And you think about this. You say, well, man, God said he wouldn't keep us from evil. What in the world is he talking about here? Because it just seems to me that a lot of Christian people are experiencing difficult times and they're experiencing those difficult times because they're Christians. Don't be so narrow-minded. It's not about the current situation that we're in. That's not where we draw our joy from. We draw our joy from the help that we get from the Lord to get us through those difficult times. I've mentioned it before, and many of you have it in your homes. You have that little poem, Footprints. And that story is just, it's a beautiful story that says, you know, I was walking with the Lord, and there were two sets of footprints, but I noticed over the course of our walk, there were many times when things were so difficult, when things were so hard, when I was under such great worry and such great anxiety, I, I, I saw only one set of footprints. It seems like in the day that I needed you the most, you let me walk alone. And the Lord says, no, I, I, I would never let you walk alone. You're mistaken. Those footprints you see in the sand, where they were two and there are only one, those footprints are not yours. They're mine. I carried you through that trial. I carried you through that worry. I carried you through that anxiety. And so in the sense that God is continuing his help for us is in the sense that as a born-again child of God, he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Uh, I got, yeah, some of you got tickled. You sent me a, I got a couple of messages on the comment I made where I said, I'm so saved I could swing over hell on a dry corn stalk. And, and you know, you get excited and, and, and we laugh about that a little bit. And we think, man, I don't think I'd ever really want to try that. Well, no, I, I never would want to try it either. But I'm just telling you, I'm so saved. When Jesus saved me, he didn't save just part of me. He saved all of me. And he just didn't save me for March 22nd, 1988. He saved me for the duration of my entire life. So that when I lay this body down, according to 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, I can know that I'm going to spend an eternity in heaven. So this help that God has started in my life from the day of my salvation has been continuing even till today. Now, now, have I enjoyed some of the difficulties that I've gone through? No. Just like you're not enjoying some of the difficulties you're going through. But don't you be mistaken to think that you're walking down the beach all by yourself. God is the one that's carrying you. Because the, the scripture tells us, the Lord, watch it, look at verse 7. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. I don't have to worry about going to hell. So, well, bless God, does that mean you can live however you want to, preacher? No, that means I want to live like Jesus. I love him. I want to serve him. I, I want to seek his face. I want to, I want to, I'm his child and I want to be a part of his life because he's a part of my life. Notice what he says there. I love it, verse 7. That's the latter part, look at, look at the text. He shall preserve thy soul. 
He's going to keep it. Remember what the word preserve means? To keep, to guard, to hedge about. What's he hedging? My soul. What's he keeping? My soul. What is he protecting? My soul. See, I don't have to worry about where I'm going to spend an eternity. Because he's protecting my soul. Uh, then, then he says in verse number 8, The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Now listen to me very carefully. What this doesn't do, this doesn't mean we throw common sense to the wind. This doesn't mean, well, God's going to protect us from that old coronavirus. We just all going to come to church. Bless God, I ain't going to wear one in mask. Now look, as born-again children of God, we've got to have some common sense. We've got to exercise common sense. Hebrews, uh, the Bible says over in Romans, not Hebrews, Romans chapter 13, the powers that be are ordained by God. And while we're going to stand for the religious liberties that we have and the First Amendment rights that we have, the freedom of speech, and we're going to uh, pray that God would protect us and know that He's our help in this time of trouble, we don't check our brains at the door and be idiots. We know where our help comes from. And we walk with common sense with Jesus. He tells us here, the Lord's help is continuing. And it will continue forevermore. I want to close this morning with some applications. And here's what I want to do. I want to give you, if I could, in conclusion, three reasons why we forget about the Lord's help. As Christians, many times we forget about the Lord's help. I mean, we do. And it's, it's something everybody does. And, and oftentimes we don't want to talk about it. But, but in conclusion, by way of application for you today, I, I want to give you three reasons why we forget about the Lord's help. Here it is. Number one, the first one is, we forget about the Lord's help because we believe that God is unable to care for us. Many times, now look, we would never say it. Don't get, don't get me wrong. We would never, ever say that out loud. But the underlying fear that we have deep, deep inside of our heart is we think that God is capable of saving us, but he's, un, he, or he's un, incapable of saving us, that he's unable to do so. We don't think he can. And we believe that the maker of heaven and earth, if God is God, then listen, there's nothing in our lives that he can't deal with. He can help with your problems at your work. He can help with your family relationships. He can help you with your debt. He can help you in your unemployment. He can help you with everything. He's able. And he loves you. We've got to get rid of that stinking thinking. Here's reason number two. The, reason, the second reason why we forget about the Lord's help. We worry that we really believe that God is unwilling to care for us. And some of us say, well, it's not that he's unable to, it's just he's unwilling to. He doesn't want to. Do you secretly believe that God has got it in for you? Have you ever had that in your life? Say, man, God's got this thing in for me. Let me ask you this. Are you concerned that you're not good enough for God? Man, I meet people all the time and talking to people. Uh, servants love God with all their heart. 
and the church might call them uh, to be a deacon or, or whatever the case may be. The church might make a recommendation for them. And say, oh, I'm not worthy. I could never do that. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And they're unwilling to serve. And that is a projection of the way they feel about God. They felt, well, you know, God could never really save me. He could never really forgive me of my sins. Pastor, you don't know what I've done. He is unwilling. Well, let me just ask you this. Who made you the person to tell God he's willing or not willing to do what God wants to do? According to the Bible, the Bible says that God wrote that whosoever will shall be saved. All you've got to do is come to him. And so to think that God is unwilling to care for you, that God is unwilling to help you, man, what an, what an awful God that is. That's stinking thinking. Get that out of your mind. No, God is willing to help you. God is willing and wants to help you. And then here's the third reason why we forget about the Lord's help. Is we, number three, we would rather cope on our own believing that we are undeserving of God's care. Here's what we say. I got this. I can do this. I can fix this. I, I, we, get it, we, we get in our life that, look, I'm smart. I can figure this out. And we depend upon our intelligence. We depend upon our job. We depend upon our charm. We depend upon our savings, our family. You, you fill in the blank. What are you depending upon other than God? And we find here in, in the text here, this psalmist says, my help comes from God. And the help that I'm getting from God, it is a help that's constant, it's a help that's close, and it's a help that's continuing. And so I'm going to get rid of all this stinking thinking that God is unable to care for me, or, or God is unable to help me, that God is unwilling to help me, or that God, I, I'm undeserving of God's help. Get rid of all that. And know that you're created in the image of God. He loves you. And Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which patheth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What keeps your hearts and minds close through Christ Jesus? Prayer and supplication. Clearly understanding that He is our help today. So let's stop looking, stop looking at COVID-19. Start looking at Christ 2020. Start looking to Jesus Christ. He's our help. He's our help. And because He's our help, whatever we go through, we're going through for a purpose and a reason. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ wants us to become more like Him. And He has allowed this pandemic, this pestilence to occur in our nation today and around the world to shake us up and to get our attention to, to see what is truly important. And I believe what truly, what was truly important today, listen to me, don't tune me out on this, what truly is important today is your relationship with Jesus Christ and the salvation of your family. I go back to what Miss Donna was talking about in regards to Noah. 
You're talking about knowing the ark and God, when God was told he had the wood and all that. You, you think about this. Noah, Noah lived his whole life. And who were the only people that got saved? His family. His family was the only ones that got saved. I'm telling you what, God has got us in the ark today. And here we are with our families. Are they saved? L let, me, let me ask it more personally, friend. You're a guest today. You're watching. Are you saved? You say, man, I don't know. What does that mean? Do you know where you're going to spend an eternity? If you were to die today, would you go to heaven? Or would you go to hell? Uh, we're going to spend an eternity somewhere. The Bible says, 1 John 5, 13, These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you, sir, you, ma'am, may know that you have eternal life. You can know that today simply by calling upon Jesus, recognizing Him as being the Savior, confessing your sins, repenting, and trusting Him as Savior. So how would I do that? Right where you're sitting, friend, right where, listen, whether you're listening to this via the Internet, you're listening to this via podcast. You're listening to this via the radio. Right where you're sitting, standing, driving, riding. From your heart to God's heart. Would you say something like this? Would you say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I believe that you are the Messiah. And today I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I turn from a away from my sin and I turn to Jesus and I ask you to forgive me in Jesus name Amen if you prayed that prayer today dear friend listen to me you're a born again child of God you're not saved by the prayer you're saved by faith by faith you've put your faith in Jesus I want to hear from you I'd love to hear that you prayed to receive Christ. If you've done so, I've got a gift I'd like to send you just to help you on your new spiritual journey. And watch this. While you're traveling, when you look to the hills, never forget where your help comes from. Just keep looking up and look to Jesus. He is the help for today. I love you. I can't wait to see you on Wednesday. Then I can't wait to see you right here at 9.30 next week. And then for those of you that are in our surrounding area and you want to come to the drive-in service, we're going to have a honking, shouting hallelujah fit next Sunday, weather permitting. Now if it's raining, we'll have to postpone it till the next week. Weather permitting, we're on. I can't wait to see you. I love you. God bless you. And have a great Mother's Day. Thank you so very much for, for worshiping with us today here at Maysville Baptist Church. Our purpose is loving God, loving others, and serving the world. As pastor here, one of my greatest uh, desires is that everyone would know that they're going to heaven when they die. Several years ago, I wrote a little track that says, You Can Know. I would love to send this track to you. 
If you would send me an email just letting me know you would like this little track, I'd be glad to drop it in the mail and send it over to you. Again, we are so grateful that you worship with us today. May the Lord bless you. Hope you tune in next week, and we'll see you right here at Maysville Baptist Church.